0: It is great to have you here this morning. Our crowd is bigger than it was last week, and last week was bigger than that, and you know that when we get to a certain size, then we'll go to overflow in the chapel, and so my guess is that there are probably 200 people in the chapel right now. Really, I don't think there's anybody, but you know, it's a preacher count, so we'll go with that. No, it's great to see some of you. You've come out today. Of course, we want everyone to be safe, and we know we have lots of folks that are watching at home, and we are glad and thankful for those of you who are at home and, and, and still, still taking precautions. That's good, and we want to be with you as long as you will allow us to be with you. But we're also glad for this crowd who's here today. Some of you I haven't seen since March, so I hope that April and May and June and July were great for you. And uh, I know they weren't because they were, they were tough on all of us, but I am so glad you're here with us today. Today we're talking about, let's go fly a kite. Now that's a funny phrase because all year our sermons have the word go in the title, and if I would have just said, go fly a kite, it means something completely different, doesn't it, than let's go fly a kite. You might have been told, go fly a kite, I've been told that probably more times than about anything else in my life, so, so I get it, I understand it. But today, I think about this idea of being positive, and let's go fly a kite, and many of you have seen the movie Mary Poppins, or you have seen the remake of Mary Poppins, and you remember in that scene where the Banks family, you remember they have the two kids, Mary Poppins comes to live at their house and take care of the kids, be the nanny, and you remember Mr. Banks works all the time, and Mr. Banks doesn't have time for his kids, and you remember that finally there's that moment in the movie when Mr. Banks comes home and his collar's all messed up and his hat's messed up. And he comes in and he and, and Dick Van Dyke in what's supposed to be a British accent sing Let's Go Fly a Kite. You remember that song? Let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring up through the atmosphere, up where the air is clear. Some of you are singing it right now in your, in your head. And I could have led it for you, but, you know, I don't carry a tune, so it wouldn't have done any good. You wouldn't have known what I was singing. But it's that idea of realizing that there are good things and important things and fun things and positive things in the world when sometimes we get so beaten down. You know, I feel like as a society, as a culture, we're a little bit like that right now kind of feels like there has been this hammer that has just been hitting on us and we're down and we get farther and farther and farther and and some of us at first we said okay this won't last very long it'll be just a little while and things that we had planned and dreams that we had planned they just went by the wayside we were so excited personally barbara and i that we were about to go to greece and israel and, and, and I was going to go on, on a, a trip kind of to rest and work on sermons, but I was going to have the chance to preach in Nazareth where we have a missionary. And you know how exciting that was? And, oh, we planned and thought about it and studied about it, and it's all gone. Now, we hope it comes back later, but plans just dissipate. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you had things you think it was bad to, to have a trip, trip go, go up in smoke. You should have known about my job. My job is gone. We're all struggling with things. But what I want us to remember is we as Christians do not need to be negative even if we live around things that are negative, The Christians weren't called to be grumps, okay? Maybe you can use this with your spouse or your kids today. We were not called to be grumps. We all get grumpy every once in a while. We all have those moments or those days. We get that. There are there are days and even seasons to lament. But we were not called to stay grumpy. And you might say, well, David, you know, that's not I don't know about that. Yeah, we really were. We were called to be positive. As Christians, every one of us were called to be positive people in one way or another. And you may be saying, well, that's just your personal opinion. That's all that is. You're just preaching opinion today. No, actually, I'm not preaching opinion because it's biblical. And you're going, really? Well, we're going to get there in just a minute. You're going to see it. Let's not wait very long. Colossians 1, 3 through 4. I want you to see what the Bible said when when Paul the Apostle wrote to this church in the city of Colossae, an ancient church, a city that's now been destroyed by earthquakes and gone. But I want you to see what he had to say he said to that church since then that you have been raised with christ set your hearts on things above where christ is seated at the right hand of god set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with christ and god when christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory you know how great that is so he's saying to christians he says you've been raised with christ you don't need to be down all the time you don't need to be in the doldrums all the time you don't need to be looking down and saying how bad the world is and how bad those people are and how bad this is you don't need to be doing that Because I am in Jesus Christ, because I have been raised with Christ, I should be different. And you say, well, those people on television or those neighbors, maybe they haven't been raised in Christ. And after all, who is our example? Our neighbors and the people on television or Jesus himself? Are we going to think like Christ? Are we going to think like society does? And let me tell you, I know what where society is leading us and it's not good. I should be different because I have been raised in baptism. And you say, well, where did all at once of this about baptism come from? Well, that's what the raising is. Well, is. Again, is that just what you're talking about? Is that your opinion? No, it's Colossians 2.12. It's just in the same passage. Didn't put it on the screen today, but you can go right there in your Bibles and look at it in Colossians 2.12 or see it in Romans 6. It's, the, it's what baptism is. Is baptism is death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus. And so as he gets down here in, in Colossians chapter 3, he said, since you've been raised, since you were baptized, you think differently than everybody else does. Some people are going to say you're odd, you're weird, you're confused, you're out of date, you don't know what's happening. And you'll have to say, oh, I am odd, I am weird, but I do know what's happening. I am quite aware of what is happening. And it's that, that I follow Jesus you see, it's not that I'm oblivious about the present, but I focus on the future. This doesn't mean that I never listen to the news. It doesn't mean that I never read commentary. Of course I do. Of course I do. I need to know what's going on on a local level, on a national level, and an international level. I need to be aware. It's not that I'm oblivious, but I also know that this world is not my home. I know that I'm going to be with Jesus. And so I've got something good. You know, I love that old phrase that you see on your screen right now, that old phrase that you used to hear a preacher say when I was a little tiny boy, about someday we're going to be with Jesus in glory. kind of sounded odd to me. It's like, what's glory? That means we're going to live with Jesus forever. You know how great that is? And so why in the world would I be down now if I know what's so good is coming? Why is it that I would, would, would put every, all my thoughts and my moments and, and my money all in what's here now that's just going to burn up instead of thinking about how great God is? It is our relationship with God is something that no one, no one, no person, no government, no bomb, nothing can take that away from us. Now, we can give it away, but no one can take it from us. And so no matter how bleak we might think things are or how scared we may be by the world we're in, nothing can take that relationship. It doesn't matter if it's a government or it's a virus, nothing can take that relationship with Christ. I've got so much to be happy about. Do you realize that? And I know in the end I win. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. I've got all kinds of reasons to be positive and to think positively. I want you to look in the same book in Colossians 3, verses 5 through 7. I want you to hear this first part because you've heard this first part a lot. And usually we preachers, we stop in these verses here. And this is the part we really focus on. And it's obviously inspired by the, by the Holy Spirit. And it's important to preach on and, and to live. But I want you to hear this part and then we're going to connect it later. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever, brings, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, to your flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, like most people do. He doesn't say that, but that's what we understand. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Now, do you see what he's saying? You don't need to think like everybody else. When I start looking at what the world's like, is a world full of sexual immorality? Oh, yeah. Is a world full of lust? Oh, definitely. Is it full of impurity and evil desires and greed? Absolutely. Most, much of our society is based on these very things. Can you imagine how the economy would change if the sex industry just went away? Yeah, most of everything we know is based on those things in whatever country you live in, in one way or another. And he said, you don't have to live that way. You're thinking differently than other folks are thinking because you've been raised because you're in Christ. You've been baptized, you you were buried, you died with Christ, and you came up raised, and now you're different. And so you say, okay, well I'm a Christian, I've heard the sermons, I know, and maybe we still struggle with these things, but we're working on them, and this is what we focus on, but I want you to hear the next few verses, in Colossians 3, 8 through 11, that we all need to hear sometimes. But now... You must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, of anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, remember the baptism part, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So so he says, when you're in Christ, when you've been raised, it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what type of passport you have, or even if you have a passport. That we are all in Christ and therefore, when we are in Christ, these passages are part of how we are to live. But you know what gets Christians often are not those first ones in that first passage. I mean, I mean, they do. But what gets the good people? What gets the elders and the preachers and the deacons and the Bible class teachers and grandma and grandpa and all the others? Our anger and rage malice, slander, maybe even filthy language. These are the things sometimes that Christians, those who are called to be different, struggle with. And, oh, we can't stand those other sins out there. And we talk about those things, and it's fun to preach sermons about things that we don't deal with. We like to hear those. But when it comes to our issues, sometimes we just kind of gloss over that. I've shared this before, but one time I was in a Bible class. We were visitors in a congregation that we knew well and where, where we'd lived earlier, where I'd lived earlier. And, and, and the sermon was from Romans chapter 1 and 2, the Bible class was. And the preacher, or the, the teacher, it was just a member, he spent about 20 minutes on, uh, and maybe even more than that, on the sin of murder. Well, there are all these other things that are listed in that passage. But it was so interesting to talk about how murder is wrong when I think everybody who walked into the room already knew that. We do that sometimes, don't we? We want to hear everything else. And what he says is, Christians, you have been raised. You're different. Don't let your anger get out of control. You see things and they frustrate you, but don't let it get out of control. Watch your anger and your rage, your malice, your language, your slander. Watch those things. I don't need to get angry or be malicious or slander people or others through my lips or through my fingers. I don't need to get so angry and malicious and slanderous because I know how it ends. Do you know how it ends? If you are in Christ, do you know the ending of this story? Can anybody say amen? There you go. Because if you don't, we're, going to have, we're not going to stop until about two today, so I can explain how those, those things. Everybody, amen, 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 right? I know that God wins. And so, because I know God wins, I can say, that's awful. But I know where I'm aiming at, I know where I'm going. If my candidate wins, great. But if my candidate lose, loses, I'm still winning because I'm with Jesus. If, if coronavirus wins and takes us all out, I still know where I'm going because I know who really wins is Jesus. No matter what, Jesus wins, and I'm going to be on his side. And so we can't just give up. We can't somehow decide, oh no, the world is coming to an end and I'm not ready. If you're not ready, get ready. I don't know if the world's coming to an end or not, but I know I better be ready for it. What I know is, is that God wins. And he says this fun thing here. He says, I'm being renewed. He renews us. Well, how does he renew us? How does that happen? What happens through study and prayer? You've always heard these, and they're true, through study and prayer. But I want you to hear some others here for just a minute. Through fellowship, and through service, and through focus. Now, obviously, we don't take out prayer, and and, and we should have a whole series of of sermons and Bible classes and, and daily devotional time on prayer, obviously, and the same on prayer and on worship and those things. But until we experienced pandemic, I had never truly understood the power of fellowship. Now, you know that I'm an extrovert, and so you would think if anybody got it, it would be me. That whole thing, and I'll preach a sermon later out of Hebrews 10. That whole thing about Christians lifting each other up and being together and building each other up, that's power. Now, we've had to do some of this through Zoom. We've had to do it socially distanced like what we're doing now. We've done it through cards and letters. And all those things are fantastic. And so many of you have written to to Barbara and me. You have built this up. It is so wonderful. I love that. But if you're not connecting with other Christians, and maybe you still tune in, you got in a little late today, and maybe you're going to tune out, maybe you've already tuned out, and you don't know I'm saying you tuned out, right? And you're not contacting anybody, you're not finding a way to fellowship with others in one way or another, it's because you're missing one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. Because it's one of the ways that we're renewed so that we can keep living in a way that we don't have so much anger and malice and slander and all those other things it's fellowship it's service it's getting out and helping people doing things to serve others and and obviously in this time we say do it safely but it's serving others and helping others if all i'm doing is sitting back and saying hey why is not somebody serving me i'm missing part of the point right i'm to be the one serving and its focus. God, no matter what happens today, may this be a day that I'm devoted to you. Lord, no matter what happens, if I find myself with a cough and a fever, and I find myself and I'm so exhausted I can't move and, and I can't breathe, Lord, may I glorify and honor you even through this. Lord, if I find out today that my position has been eliminated may I honor and glorify you even in this time. Lord, if I find out that I'm not well when I thought I was well, may I honor and glorify you. It's this idea of focus, focus, focus. Because what the world wants to do is to get us to not focus. It wants us to look over here and look over there and look over here. It's like, it's like some kind of game and all a once we don't even know where we are, right? That's what the world is doing to us, what it's trying to do to us. I love 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. Often at funeral services or memorials, I will read this long passage. I want you to hear this verse today because it fits with everything about being positive today. He says, Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, Who have no hope. Now, of course, if my loved one, my friend, or my relative dies, of course I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna hurt and it's it's gonna feel awful because I love them and I miss them, of course. But I'm also going to do that, as many of you understand, with some type of joy and anticipation because I'm gonna see them again. Because I have hope that I'm gonna be with Jesus. And so there's all kinds of hope that's there. Even on the worst day, there's hope. That's the most beautiful part about being a Christian, is no one can steal the hope. I can give up, but other than that, no one can steal my hope. Even when times are bad, I can be positive even in death. I can say, there is a brighter day coming. There is something better than what is right now. I know it. And so I don't get completely down because I know there is something coming. Positivity is good for both the body and the soul. And you probably know that. You've read the same studies. You've seen the same TV programs and read the textbooks that I've read about the power of being positive, of thinking positively, and and how that helps often with our health. and, And it obviously helps with our demeanor whenever we're positive. I think about our brother, Travis Bonet, and he's a, the Bonets are members here, and, and Travis has been through so much in the last few years with, with cancer, brain cancer, and oh, he's so positive. And there was a time back several months ago before a quarantine when we just didn't know the future for Travis. He was in a coma for a while, and they did surgeries, plural, on him. And he came through that, and through that rehab, and we praise God, and we still praise God, and he has that smile back that he had before, that he always had. He didn't say, I could share this today. I know he's watching, and so he may tell me, you shouldn't have shared it, and I know he'd want me to. He texted me the other day. I'm working from home now, not going into the office. So if you know anyone that needs to be baptized or studied with, I can come up and do it. Do you hear that? When some of us would say, oh, poor me. And he says, what can I do for the kingdom of God? That's who I want to be. I want to be a person that says the kingdom of God and focus on God is above all. And whether he takes me today or takes me in, in 50 or 60 years or however long, I'd be really old in 60 years, when, when, whenever it is. I want him to be the one that I focus on. My question for us today is, do I have hope? Do I have this hope? I don't mean I hope we get to eat ice cream today, not that kind of hope. I mean, this hope that comes in Christ that is assurance, that is definite, that means it's going to happen. Do I have that kind of hope? Do I trust God that much? Usually, I have my illustrations way ahead of time, but Craig Schuster sent me a story just yesterday that I need to share today that some of you probably read. It was written by Josh Rogers, and he tells a story that his father, he had, a, he had a sibling, Josh did, but then his father had had two previous children in an earlier marriage. And In 1981, Josh Rogers' father got a phone call that told him that those two other children, who were 14 and 10, had died in a plane crash. They were in a private plane, thunderstorm, Gulf of Mexico, plane went down, they died at sea. Thir- in, in, in the dad, so sad, you can imagine the devastation to some degree of what he would have. He went and started rummaging through things and he found a cassette tape, 1981, found a cassette tape of the song, It Is Well With My Soul. You know that song, most of you do, and you've heard sermons on it and read about it. Horatio Spafford wrote this song in 1873 after his four daughters had died at sea when Of It Is Well With My Soul, Even On The Worst Days, When The Sea Bellows Roll. You know that song. And his dad played that song probably over and over. I don't know. But finally, 13 years later, Josh Rogers' dad took him and his brother to Biloxi, Mississippi. And they were in Biloxi, just across the street from the from the beach there, and they ate at Shoney's, and after they ate at Shoney's, his dad said, let's go across to the beach. And they go over to the beach, and the three of them, dad put his arms around his sons, they started singing hymns. And he, Josh says, I realized as we were singing hymns that we were looking at the cemetery where my dad's other kids were buried. And the dad sang those songs, and then finally his heart just started breaking and sounds, guttural sounds, was, were coming out of his dad. And they were holding tight to him. And, and, and he couldn't sing, he couldn't speak. And finally the words came out of his dad's mouth. Ain't God good? Can you imagine? Ain't God good? And they kind of smiled at their dad and listened. And in the car on the way home, one of the boys said to the other, he said, That was weird. How could God, how could dad say, ain't God good after his kids had died? Josh Rogers goes back and remembers what Peter said, or what Peter and Jesus in a conversation they had when Jesus had had so many of his followers leave him in the book of John. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, do you want to go too? And Peter says, Where would we go? Let me tell you, on my worst day, there is nowhere else to go. Jesus is the answer. No one else promises a life of bliss and praise on the other side. No one, no thing, no entity, entity, nothing can give us what God gives us. And while I may not understand everything and never will, I have hope. Do you have that hope today? That hope that will seem strange to the people that you work with? The hope that will seem strange to the neighbors that don't know Jesus? To your spouse or your kids or whoever that don't know Christ? Do you have that hope? And so today, maybe some of us We claim the hope, but we don't live the hope, and we need prayers. We'll pray for you down here if you'd like that. But You can also write to us, email us at elders at mcoc.org, elders at mcoc.org. Tell us if it's private or public, and they'll be praying for you. They'll contact you. They'll help. And If you want to be baptized into Jesus and be raised where you can see that hope, Oh, we'll baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to be part of the kingdom, to have the hope. The hope that keeps us going in a pandemic. The hope that keeps us going when we've lost a job. The hope that keeps us going when our health isn't what we want it to be. The hope that keeps us going whenever our our spouse leaves us or our kids don't call us or whatever it is that kind of hope, you can have that. Let's pray. Father, we need you every hour. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the hope that you give us today, Father. We are, we are so thankful that you are our God, that you have told us the end of the story, that no matter what comes, our real hope, our real joy, is in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we look forward to the day when all will be right. Father, we look forward to the time when we no longer hear words like pandemic or coronavirus or or COVID or divorce or hate or prejudice or racism or unemployment or whatever those things are that are plaguing us, Father. We look forward to the day that we are with you forever in jesus name amen